Welcome to Manners and Madness, a Jane Austen and David Lynch podcast. My name is Maya Adkins. And I'm Christian Cabrera. And today we are starting our three-part episode on 1981 adaptation of Sense and Sensibility. Yes, and this is part of the uh, complete Jane Austen BBC box set that uh, many of us got. I I got mine from Best Buy. (laughs) It was on sale. (laughs) And I actually credit this box set with actually getting me to read all of Jane Austen and becoming like a mega fan. And oh. um, yeah, so <laughs> I maybe um, think of it more highly than others might. <laughs> <laughs> Such uh, subtle inferences to conversations. There is we had an before. older version of Sense and Sensibility that is much worse so (laughs) okay great (laughs) but in a kind of a laughable way and this one i honestly think that the ways that it's bad are kind of funny and endearing in their own way i agree but yeah you why don't you tell me what you thought of it (laughs) okay so my first impression so I had a hard time starting it because it was kind of like, I didn't know what to expect with it being a British early 80s piece. And I didn't know. And so like we go in and the filming style is a lot, it's just a little different than what I am used to. Um, and it feels like a lot of conflicting things going on for me. It feels very sitcom-y, but like, only like the episodes where they like film outside or on like a specific location so you can hear like the wind and like <laughs> the people behind them. <laughs> and so but it's it's not it gets better, I would say. I liked it more the more I watched it, I will say. Yeah. Well it's definitely one of those things that T V is not like this anymore. So you kind of no. have to like put on your old timey T V watching hat mm-hmm. <laughs> like get into it that way like i for instance uh several years ago started getting into doctor who and i was like i want to see the whole thing so i like watched the whole entire series of doctor who which is 50 years long is a lot what? but the great thing about doctor who episodes because i was getting them from like the netflix dvd delivery service mm-hmm all the DVDs have amazing special features and I love special features. So (laughs) I started watching all the special features from Doctor Who and uh, like pretty early on, I started to feel like really invested in the history of television. (laughs) And like, I felt Uh like Doctor Who was teaching me the history of television in a way, like just the way they used to film stuff and how it's evolved over the years. So I find it very interesting. This one specifically, if you look back at like the 70s ones, which we will do, we'll eventually do that 70s <laughs> sense of sensibility. And there's um, a 70s Emma and a 70s Persuasion, which uh-huh. I kind of like the Persuasion one. There are much more like watching a staged play, which is yeah. like, it, actually we may be able to, there's a few episodes of like some older, older ones that are like black and white, which would really be like they are performing live, you know. Those, right. You know, those kind of things don't even exist anymore a lot of them got you know copied over or destroyed nobody even considered you know we would want to watch these again someday so this one in the 80s they did this and pride and prejudice right next to each other because the girl who plays eleanor is also charlotte and the pride and prejudice (laughs) (laughs) which is kind of appropriate they have very similar kind of characteristics in certain ways but 
for instance, in this one, there's a lot more outdoor shots than you would get. You know, there's a lot oh, more yeah. kind of, it's less presentational acting. I mean, it's still sort of presentational, but it's less presentational. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there is more music. There's more background sounds, a lot more outside stuff. So anyway, mm-hmm. I find it really interesting the way it like sits in that kind of a time period. <laughs> yeah, I could totally see how, because I also tried at one point to see if Doctor Who was for me. And I just, I, I think it's just that style of filming, just for some reason, my brain does not connect with really well. I don't know why. Well, I, if you wanted to watch Doctor Who, let me pick out the perfect story of this okay? <laughs> That'll be our other spinoff podcast. It'll be Doctor it's Who. Individual based. to person. <laughs> but I don't I don't know what it is about that. But I also find a lot of funny things about it, like you said. Like some of the line readings are really funny by certain characters, especially oh Marianne, God. who I think I is <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I think she's the star of this miniseries because I think she's doing the best. I think she's the most engaging and the most doing the most (laughs) yeah she's kind of carrying this series on her back in a way but i also find a lot of like the little like background music that they put in it's to me that seems very like sitcom-y in the way that it was like a cut to commercial like and it but all the background music seems very like sinister so (laughs) i'm like reading into these like scenes happening and i'm like is someone gonna get murdered i don't (laughs) is this this where it happens yeah uh well i mean i kind of i guess we're kind of already starting on notes but i kind of skipped we did your first impression mine was just um yeah basically i mean who cares it's the basically the same as what i'm saying you know it was like i would got really into jane austen because of this Uh but i i can't remember if i i do know when i was watching it Okay, because I loved the old Emma Thompson movie. That was like my first thing I ever saw. That's a good one. Yeah. And so I was the whole time I was watching this one. This was before I had actually read the book. I was like, is there a little sister? (laughs) (laughs) Was that an addition that was not in the book from the Emma Thompson one? Or did they take her out of this one? So I was like really interested to read the book and be like, is there a little sister? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Because they took her out. Yeah, so that was my main thing I took away from it uh, the first time I watched it. <laughs> was I was like, how is this different? And then there's a scene that we haven't gotten to, we won't get to till the next, till maybe, yeah, the last episode. Uh huh. That's not in the Emma Thompson one, but it's one of my favorite uh-huh. scenes. So, oh, from the book. So, I was very excited to see it in this one. I was like, what's this? <laughs> <laughs> this is new. I will say, I do, I kind of like, how in the Emma Thompson one that they l- very much looked farther apart in age. I feel like... Who? Uh, um, uh, yes. I feel like they looked a little bit more farther apart. And I know that... I, I read somewhere that wasn't it like purposefully done. Actually, this one is... They went out of their way to try to match the ages as specifically as they could to what it says in they this should one? be in the book. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Interesting, interesting. I just feel like... Um, it like the the 90 is it 95 is that when it came out yeah i think so the 95 yeah. movie or 96 uh, i one of those the emma thompson i'll just call it the emma thompson movie yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the emma thompson movie i just feel like the whole like trope of eleanor being like the older white like quote-unquote wiser sister who was like trying to help marianne who's kind of like you know a little bit rambunctious and a little bit more um what's the word like just a little more wild in a way, uh-huh. 
as wild as he could be. I just, I like that dynamic better. They seem so close in age now that I'm like, how did they become so different? Well, I think that's, that's when they did the Emma Thompson one. I know Emma Thompson was like, I'm too old to play this part because. Right. Because I really think it is like watching this one, you really get the idea that like, oh, she is saying that you should neither be sense or sensibility because in the Emma Thompson one, it's like, oh, well then sense is obviously what Jane Austen is saying you should be sense you know, that, mm-hmm. from that adaptation. But from this one, you can tell that there are certain things that Eleanor does that you're like, no, that is not the right, right response to this situation. Right. And <laughs> yes, you're making things worse <laughs> with your weirdness and your crazy, you know, kicking all like, your emotions. Yeah, almost like robotic. <laughs> yeah. So I actually think that this one is good to show because a lot of people will read it and be like, oh, well, this is what Jane Austen is saying, is that Eleanor is the good one. But I don't think she's saying that at all. I think right. you can tell from this adaptation that neither of them are um, right. the best. They have neither sense nor sensibility. <laughs> yeah, you need both. For notes, it was released in 1981. Seven episodes. It was the year my sister uh, was born. <laughs> <laughs> 1981, good year. <laughs> it was so the. I guess it was like they credited two different writers. One of them for creating the outline for the series. I guess who was uh, uh-huh. Dennis? Oh gosh, Constanduros. And then the dramatization, which I'm assuming is like the final draft would be Alexander Barron. Okay. And then... Yeah, a lot, I think a lot of times that happens where they'll be like, well, we didn't really love this <laughs> version, so we got it redone, but it still has some of the older stuff in it, so, mm-hmm. you know. But who knows? <laughs> and then the director was uh, Rodney Bennett. And Bennett, I was like, what an appropriate name. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I went to go look and be like, did he direct anything else that I would know? But no. I did not recognize anything... <laughs> But for our cast, we have Irene Richard as Eleanor Dashwood, which I feel like she looks like the quintessential Jane Austen heroine in a way. <laughs> like she has like the features for it. Yeah, I do like her. I mean, I feel like I Eleanor like is a way, harder yeah. role because she really is so like, <laughs> well, we'll get into it. But like, she's so buttoned up. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to like make her interesting. Um, Tracy Child as Marianne Dashwood. Mm-hmm. Annie Leon as Mrs. Jennings. Okay. Robert Swan as Colonel Brandon. Donald Douglas as Sir John Middleton. And we have Diana Fairfax as Mrs. Dashwood. Peter Woodward as John Willoughby. Bosco Hogan as Edward Fair. And then we have Peter Gale as John Dashwood. Amanda Boxer as Fanny Dashwood, who is the devil. And then we have Marjorie Bland as Lady Middleton. And then John Owens as Tom and Gina Rowe as Susan. It's nice to meet Tom and Susan. I like to talk. Yeah. <laughs> I like, because they're the two that work in the house, right? In the cottage? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's, I think it's episode two. There's like that scene where they're like, he's outside and she's like beating a blanket out the window. And like, you can hear Marianne playing the piano. And he just is like, <laughs> pointing at the window like yeah, super happy like, it just makes me laugh <laughs> it's like we like working here 
Yeah, <laughs> I was like, they really like those kids. I, I don't know if you were going to mention the producer is Barry Letts, who was a producer for Doctor Who. Oh. And I believe that this would have been maybe after Doctor Who that he was the producer of. Yeah, I think he was the producer of uh-huh. Doctor Who. And then this was later on in his career. And Dudley Simpson was a composer for Doctor Who. And he uh-huh. did some of my favorite crazy Doctor Who scoring. <laughs> so Wow, that's cool. A lot of crosses. Yeah. I didn't really hear a lot of you know, the Doctor Who elements that I love in this. Uh-huh. But I definitely, by the like last time I was listening to the opening credits, I, I still got <laughs> it stuck in my head. <laughs> <laughs> it was bringing you back. And then the only, there weren't obviously, there are not a lot of notes for this, but I don't think we've even come across a rain scene yet. But apparently it was like a particularly rainy season when they filmed it and so all the rain scenes were actually filmed with like actual rain so pretty interesting but i can see because after seeing the end (laughs) yeah after seeing you know they they seem to be like filming definitely like on location they're not on a set so you you can kind of tell sometimes the sound is like a little echoey but um yeah definitely (laughs) I'm sure a lot of like, I will say a lot of the natural light scenes that they use are really beautiful. Yeah. And it definitely, you can tell that's like, oh, people like this. <laughs> so they started using right. more, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. less of a play. But back when television, like and back Doctor Who time, like in the early, like in the mm-hmm. 60s and early 70s and stuff, it was like, you basically had like one shot. You did the whole thing. I don't even think you've got very many cuts and TV, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Um, and you rehearse all week, and then so, anyway. <laughs> okay, are you ready for the recap? Yes. All right, episode one. <laughs> <laughs> we start as we will for the next seven episodes on the teeter-totter of justice. <laughs> <laughs> I will say it was particularly Lynchian for this to be the opening scene and like no, like, what's it called? Like no sort of like telling of what is going on, what is. Yes. You don't find out until like I think the almost the end of the first episode. <laughs> yeah. I think that the 80s Jane Austens are the most Lynchian Jane Austens. Sure. <laughs> yes. <laughs> There's always a spooky element to them. <laughs> and they'll have like these long drawn out silences yes. and like walking down the street scenes. <laughs> okay, so this one we start off in the carriage. The Dashwood women are very sad. Well, at least two of them are. And <laughs> they're discussing their future and i said right off the bat i like the way that marianne whispers everything passionately (laughs) after you you mentioned that when i was texting you i she does it the whole entire series (laughs) every time i hear her she's just harshly whispering her line (laughs) i know it is so funny it's really funny a good (laughs) drinking game out of this series (laughs) yes (laughs) oh yeah, yeah for sure uh, Mrs. Dashwood definitely seems more on the sensibilities side. Of, like, I know in the book, they definitely kind of set her up as being more like Marianne and having 
more of the sensibility, like more mm-hmm. quick to cry and all that stuff, which is why it's kind of hard for her to manage the whole moving to a smaller house and everything. Right. But I think in this version, you definitely get that a little bit more. Yeah. I would. Yeah, I definitely. <laughs> At one point, Marianne goes, where are your feelings? And Eleanor says, I govern them. And I said, snap. <laughs> <laughs> I'd keep them in line. <laughs> I don't spew them for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> of course, she was in a carriage with her mother and sister. So if there's any place you can have emotions, it would be with them. Uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> but I think she must be the type who like... Once she has one, there's going to be no stopping the waterworks. <laughs> so she oh, just yeah. never has one. <laughs> yeah, I do. It does make me wonder. I was like, since the mom, since Marianne seems to take after the mom, I wonder if their father was more like pinned up and repressed emotions. Yeah, well, look at his first son. From his <laughs> the worst. Yeah. Okay, so... Meanwhile, while the ladies are in the carriage, Mr. John Dashwood is concerned about the promise he made to his father to take care of the girls. I think that I like the way the Fanny in this one plays it because she doesn't come across as like immediately nefarious. You know, she's just kind of like sitting there with her needlepoint and just like making an observation. Well, I mean... (laughs) Do they really need that? (laughs) (laughs) She just seems so composed. And basically she, in her way, talks him down to basically helping them find a new home (laughs) and giving them a basket of game when it was in season. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, wow. I just feel like, I don't know. I feel like I got a more evil vibe from her than in the other one. The other one, she seemed almost like yeah those like um i don't want to say like goofish but like she just seemed like almost cartoonishly evil yeah exactly yeah and this one she was like <laughs> she seems she's that like she a would... real live <laughs> evil. yeah she was like they can die before they get a single penny from me <laughs> yeah like she knows exactly what she's doing and she's mm-hmm. cool and collected while she's doing it so yeah but it seems less like I'm a villain. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I do I do like that. Okay, then Eleanor comes in. I guess they're they all meet up with each other and Edward comes in. Fanny's brother. <laughs> Fanny is like, My mother's estate is so large, but we couldn't possibly help these relatives that we are happily displacing from their home. <laughs> <laughs> And Edward is, like, rightly embarrassed by his relations. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, he is very deferential. He refuses to sit until Eleanor invites him to sit. And <laughs> this Edward is so... I mean, he's no Hugh Grant. <laughs> yeah. But I think he's probably more accurate <laughs> than Edward in the book. <laughs> and maybe more appropriate for this Eleanor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would say very much more appropriate and... He just seems so plain. Like, I kind of forgot about him until he came back later. And then I was like, yeah. wait, who is he again? I was like, ah. <laughs> he doesn't, yeah, doesn't he... have that good, long hair and yeah. those charming British looks, I guess. <laughs> he seems to be a master of, you know, fading into the background. <laughs> which yes. <laughs> I think Eleanor, I mean, Edward probably actually is. But uh, (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's maybe not the most exciting thing to watch on television. Okay, so we find out that Eleanor's a painter. And 
she's i mean she is like it's all smiles the eleanor i mean <laughs> her father also died and but every time she you know you never see her ruffled at all at the beginning especially and she's yeah. just like oh i'm on my black morning clothes but i'm smiling and headed out to paint <laughs> <laughs> i feel like it's that mindset where because her mom and her sister are so emotional that she's like i have to keep it together because no one else will yeah and you know she's probably just better at um you know self-soothing or whatever (laughs) right quietly crying into her handkerchief in her room yeah no i think she just represses it so much that she probably never has an emotion. That's true. <laughs> Until she has to this run away. This one definitely. <laughs> this this uh, Eleanor definitely. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe she cries herself. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, she does say, uh, do sit down. We both appear to like silence. <laughs> <laughs> I love that line. <laughs> Uh, but he declines. But she does seem to like him right off the bat. She's like, mm-hmm. this is my guy. <laughs> this is exactly Quiet. the kind of guy I want. <laughs> Forgets that he's even here. <laughs> we find out that Fanny fired all the old servants. Rude. She is a Fanny. <laughs> and I was like, this whole situation is so torturous. Having to live here with these people who are kicking you out of your house, who promise to take care of you, but are being so rude. It's just like... Yeah. Ugh. I will say the the situation in this adaptation seems way more pressing than it does in the Emma Thompson one. Because like, I feel like that one kind of maybe uh, neuters it in a way where it's just like, it'll work out, like we'll figure it out. But this one, they're like, we're going to die if we don't find somewhere to live. And all their family members are evil and no one wants to take care of them. Yeah, plus in the Emma Thompson one, the house is so huge that it's like, yeah. never even notice if they were all living at the same house. Exactly. <laughs> I said, Marianne is not your piano puppet, Fanny. So <laughs> she asked her to play and she was like, no, I decline. <laughs> no. But Fanny is very concerned the second she sees Eleanor and Edward speaking. And that night, Marianne forces Edward to read, which is pretty fun, always. (laughs) (laughs) So boring. I like this. I mean, I love Kate Winslet, don't get me wrong. But I do love this Marianne (laughs) because she just cracks me Yes. Okay, so the next day, we see them on the teeter-totter. And... (laughs) Marianne is critiquing Edward's performance (laughs) at reading aloud. (laughs) And again, I said, I love this weird 80s Marianne who passionately whispers all her lines. (laughs) (laughs) Even outside. Yeah. She obviously, judging by this conversation, has already considered Edward a possible person she could marry and found him lacking. (laughs) So she's like, will I marry this man? No. <laughs> <laughs> she scans every man she meets, it feels yeah. like. I said, but I said that, that hold on. Oh, uh, yeah. I actually found it kind of surprising that Marianne would have, or, you know, that either of them, I find it kind of surprising that <laughs> definitely Marianne would even consider Edward because, I mean, why would she want to associate herself with anyone related to Fanny? <laughs> I would right. be reluctant to. <laughs> <laughs> And she obviously never thought of him for Eleanor, which is also surprising. She's yeah, just she's she, kind of selfish, Marianne. She is. And I feel like she also views Eleanor in the same way where she kind of forgets Eleanor is there only 
until she needs to talk to Eleanor. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, neither of them are perfect, for sure. No. <laughs> then I said, Eleanor, on the other hand, seems to be doing pretty well with the fact that her father has died. She's getting kicked out. <laughs> they have no money. She's living with a passive-aggressive nightmare person. <laughs> but she always seems relatively upbeat. <laughs> <laughs> she's got to keep it together. <laughs> Maybe it's because she's falling for Edward so fast. But he is sweet. Like, he brings her flowers he's like do you think that this is artistic (laughs) (laughs) and then he immediately runs away (laughs) she's like i have to go (laughs) oh oh and the scene where fanny tries to steal mrs dashwood's china is the scene that i most want to punch her (laughs) yeah i was like you can't let her have one nice thing that's hers i know i'm like woman back off (laughs) (laughs) And then she's all, my brother's too good for your daughter. And basically tells her that if he even considered it, he would lose his inheritance. And that's when Mrs. Dashwood has one of her best lines. And she's like, I've encountered a good deal of impudence, Fanny, but the worst of it has not been from the unmarried. (laughs) (laughs) Burn. (laughs) (laughs) Got her. Uh, And then Fanny smiles and it's like, ugh, God. (laughs) Just like, ugh. Want to throw you out a window. Yeah, yeah. And there's no little sister in this version. This is kind of where you realize, oh, we haven't met Margaret. Yeah. Which makes me I sad. <laughs> <sighs> because even though in the book she's barely, like, apart, but, I mean, she is in it, but, like, she's not the same as the way that Emma Thompson one made her yeah. out to be. But there is another adaptation of Sense and Sensibility. I personally don't think that there is a perfect adaptation of Sense and Sensibility, but maybe that's not, this is not the right time to talk about that. <laughs> it hasn't been made yet. It's a very tricky piece. Okay, so yeah, there's also very little music just in general, but there is music more so than there is normally, but just in general, it makes it feel slower. But you do get some bird song and stuff. Even occasionally mm-hmm. inside, you'll hear it like outside because I think they were in actual houses. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You could definitely tell late in later scenes that they were like, they just set up their cameras in the room they were filming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so they find a house. It's from a landed kinsman who's titled, but she insists that she'll pay rent. Although I doubt she will. <laughs> because I just feel like he won't let her. Right, right, right. He'll just put it in an account for her or something. <laughs> Be like, here's your money back in here's pheasants your Christmas gift. <laughs> Yeah, John Dashwood is just so willfully dumb. He's just willfully dumb, you know? (laughs) He's the worst. I hate him. He's like, if only we could help pay your moving expenses, but it costs so much to live in your house. (laughs) Just (laughs) (laughs) Hate. And then they're leaving, and Edward, the only decent member of the family, comes to see them off. (laughs) (laughs) And meanwhile, Marianne is crying and talking to the trees as they're all like... (laughs) It's time to go, Marianne. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> and then she calls Eleanor heartless and runs off crying. <laughs> <laughs> or harshly whispers it, at least. And Edward just stoically watches them go. Uh, and I said, thank God the worst is over already. <laughs> <laughs> we'll only from, go up from here. That's really like the hardest part of the book because you're like, God, this is just horrible. Everyone is horrible to these people, <laughs> to these women. Yeah, I would say... Out of all the stories that we've kind of gone through of hers, this seems the most like heavy hand, like heavy <laughs> in a yeah. way. Well, that's well, 
I might as well. This is part of the reason I think it's so hard to adapt it because it is like the most evil, nefarious, ha ha ha. But it's also the most hilarious because it's got the most commentary right. from the narrator and she's making fun of all these like evil villains. So mm-hmm. that's the one thing I just don't think too many adaptations lean into the horribleness, but they don't get the funniness. And even the Emma yeah. Thompson one, I feel like could have been more funny, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It yeah, was yeah. definitely the best of them so far. But anyway, <laughs> I can't wait till we read it because Me too. it's a really good book. <laughs> okay. Thank God the worst is over. And I said, I mean, not really, but I just hate Fanny and John. <laughs> <laughs> they are the worst, so the worst is up. <laughs> so they arrive at Barton Cottage. They meet Tom and Susan, their new servants. And I, I guess they came with the house. <laughs> because, <laughs> but I like them. And I do too. They're nice. They're in a real Regency houses where the doorways are super low or real Regency cottages. <laughs> <laughs> I first noticed it when he had to duck to go into the door. I was yeah. like, I would be miserable in these houses. I'm too tall. <laughs> I'd be fine. I'd be like, this is the perfect size house for me. <laughs> Marianne thinks it's dreary. And <laughs> then Sir John comes in and he's all tall and red and smiley (laughs) (laughs) crazy curly hair but his wife is quiet and stiff i don't understand how a she is her his wife or mrs jennings daughter because she is mrs jennings daughter right (laughs) i think so yeah i think so but lady middleton is just like so she doesn't seem anything like either of them (laughs) No, no, yeah, she's because <laughs> they're both so rambunctious, and she's just so like, <sighs> yeah, she's kind of a snob, which just seems surprising, being a uh, lady or Mrs. Jennings' daughter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except when she praises her children, <laughs> she's very effusive about that. Yes. But her child is a bit of a terror. <laughs> a bit, <laughs> quote unquote. <laughs> So uh, Mrs. Oh, then we meet Mrs. Jennings in her purple dress. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it goes from being very dark to like, I mean, it can be very dark very in some ridiculous. of the scenes, especially like the nighttime scenes with candles and stuff. Yeah, there were a couple parts where I was like, I can't see their faces at all. Uh, it reminded <laughs> me of the Emma that we watched. Yeah, yeah definitely. It's <laughs> like, I can't see that. <laughs> yeah, there are some parts in a cup, um, some parts where you can actually see like the weird filter thing they put over like the TV, like the lines. Yeah, it was like a mesh filter. Yeah. So, okay, Marianne is playing the piano. Colonel Brandon is turning the pages. <laughs> <laughs> this de- this Colonel Brandon definitely seems like younger than Alan Rickman. Yes, I don't know if that's just yes. because Alan Rickman seems perpetually kind of like the older gentleman, older. but yeah, I did notice that. I was like, he seems more age appropriate, especially because she looks younger. Yeah, Mrs. Jennings kind of rude at the get go by talking mm-hmm. over the song, and Eleanor tries to get them all to listen to the prickety bush. <laughs> <laughs> I just like how, because didn't she say, like, did you do the prickety bush? And it wasn't everyone like, ooh, mm, wow, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're so and excited she, for the prickety bush. I know, it's so funny because she just finishes singing it, or they just start listening right at the end, and then they're like, oh, do the prickety bush. And she's like, that's what I just did. <laughs> <laughs> also, I will say, she's a good singer. 
I was very yeah and piano like, player I assumed seemed, she was playing it, yeah it looked like she was playing but um it was just very like pretty and it wasn't like I don't know it didn't seem like it was like modernized in any way it seemed like pretty spot on and uh, I was like oh, there yeah. she goes carrying the scene again yeah <laughs> And then that was the end, and that's where the credits came, and I realized Dudley Simpson did the music. (laughs) Okay, so episode two. Starting off, the teeter-totter is making me think Libra. (laughs) (laughs) Right off the bat. Because it's like a scale. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I said, ah, to be a white gentleman in the Regency era, and stride forth to gaze upon your estate. (laughs) (laughs) I did. I was like, oh my god, so much. So much land. Yeah, Colonel Brandon, he leaves, he's visiting the cottage. Meanwhile, the ladies are at home trying to rid the house of unhealthy dust. (laughs) When he gets there, he offers his carpenter and Eleanor immediately takes him up on it, as I would. (laughs) (laughs) If someone offered me their carpenter, I'd be like, oh my god, yes, I've got about 50 (laughs) projects. (laughs) (laughs) He apologizes to Marianne for the rudeness of, of last night <laughs> but he says he really liked the singing and playing <laughs> oh. and later sweet. Marianne calls him infirm <laughs> <laughs> she's so ridiculous <laughs> she does seem a little bit flattered though <laughs> yeah oh yeah I think that's like her way of handling it is like just immediately rebutting it and playing with him yeah <laughs> Eleanor and Marianne go out mountain hiking it looks like <laughs> and they're loving it until marianne twists her ankle and a man with a dog and a gun shows up to carry her like a fairy tale prince (laughs) (laughs) i did think it was kind of creepy how they were walking up the hill and you just see him like come around the corner he just starts following them (laughs) it was like oh they're gonna die I know, he's got like, I don't know, there's something about his face that I'm like, in some lights, you look like a plastic person. In some lights, you look like a handsome guy, but like... Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I said I like that, okay, it's quite a trek. Marianne does a lot of staring, but I like that this Marianne manages to get across pain, desire, propriety, and shock all in just her expression as they're yes. walking. I said, she may not be Kate Winslet, but she's definitely Marianne. Yes. <laughs> and Willoughby's shirt is kind of open, and the music is great in that scene. I think it's just one of the standout scenes of this Yeah, uh, it's a slightly, uh, as steamy as an early 80s adaptation could get. Yeah. Uh, okay, so... You can see, though, like, the evolution. Like, Northanger Abbey that we watched came after this, Mm -hmm. like, several years. But, like, uh, you can kind of see, like, Marianne seems like she could have been in, like, a later adaptation, you know? Yeah. Some of the music. Okay, so, yeah, this is where Tom and... Oh, no, no, no. Oh, Sir John comes over. He's going to invite Willoughby to dinner. And he has this whole (laughs) conversation with him. He's like, he's well worth catching. Marianne, she's like, I don't like the idea of setting my cap at someone. But he is just what a young man ought to be. (laughs) (laughs) And Sir John just laughs. He thinks Colonel Brandon's going to be jealous. He says, Colonel Brandon could buy Willoughby and not notice. (laughs) (laughs) I, if I was Marianne, I would have been like, 
that old infirm man is for me then. <laughs> Let me think about my choices. <laughs> Marianne and Willoughby sing together, and that's where Tom and Susan notice and smile at each other. <laughs> Ridiculous. It kind of seems like Tracy Childs playing Marianne is speaking in an accent that is not her own, but I looked her up and she's from London. So I was like thinking Mm. maybe she's like Irish or something because, or maybe it's just because it's such a proper British accent, but it just kind of feels, I don't know, like put on. on. Yeah. And uh, that's also where I was probably looking up (laughs) because I looked her up and I was like, oh, Eleanor is Charlotte Lucas from the 1980s (laughs) Pride of Bridges. Okay, then Willoughby buys Marianne a horse, which, of course, Eleanor disapproves of. (laughs) And she makes her promise not to accept. And she does so while completely throwing Eleanor under the bus. (laughs) (laughs) My sister. My sister, well, let me gag at. (laughs) If I was um, Eleanor, I'd be like, do you know how expensive horses are? How are we going to afford to feed a horse and take care? You crazy. (laughs) Yeah, I think she does say that in, like, the book. (laughs) (laughs) He's named the horse already, Queen Mab. Queen Mab. Um, He says he'll keep it for her until she's ready to move into her own home. That's when I made the throwing up face. I was like, you're the worst. We already know, Willoughby. (laughs) Don't try to pull us. (laughs) (laughs) You can't trick me. Uh, And then it's duets again. And walks in the bush. Uh, Colonel B starts calling them a couple and invites the household to his brother-in-law's house. And I said, so what's the deal with his sister? Did she marry a bajillionaire? (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. Because he's already rich enough to buy Willoughby. And he's like, oh, but we're going to go to my brother-in-law's house. It's an event, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe they have money and then plus whatever she gets. I mean, it's such an event that they can't go when he says he can't go. They're like, well, no, you're not going to be welcome without me. (laughs) (laughs) Too poor. Eleanor is like, my sister is young and ignorant. (laughs) 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 Colonel Brandon says that he once knew a lady who didn't, and it didn't end well, um, when met with with the same, with, you know, with experience in life. Mm Mm-hmm. Marianne and Willoughby are reciting poetry in the garden. <laughs> they love Wolf. all the same stuff. Unlike Eleanor's speak of the devil. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, this seems like a episode of like Degrassi or something. It's so like, <laughs> like all the same poetry and all the same blah, blah, blah. It really shows how Marianne is at her worst when she's with Willoughby. <laughs> You know? Yes. Well, he, I can see how he could bring out the worst in people. Yeah, because he's like, oh, let me indulge your most um, passionate flights of fancy and shit on everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> Pitch you against your entire family. <laughs> yeah, right. Mm. <laughs> Eleanor's like, oh, she came to tell him about the, the invitation. And she's like, could you two stop being such snobs? <laughs> <laughs> And you can tell that Willoughby is definitely wary of the Colonel Brandon invite. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, he, gets weird. he invited me? <laughs> <laughs> he asked for my name? Someone's intimidated. Uh-huh. And scared. And I said, there's not enough Mrs. Jennings so far. <laughs> <laughs> she is a lot. In the best well, way possible. I mean, by the end, I, you probably haven't even seen the last few episodes, but like, 
you know, she becomes the best by the end. But like at the yes. beginning, normally she's kind of intolerable. But I feel like she's barely in it in this version. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, because I just watched episode three before we recorded. And um, I feel like she was the most in that one. I was like, where does this lady come from? Yeah, <laughs> I haven't yeah, yeah. seen her yet. <laughs> okay. So they're all gathered to go to this thing. Brandon gets a very upsetting letter. He has to go to London. And they can't go to his brother-in-law's without him. Willoughby thinks that it's a trick and takes Marianne to his carriage. And Mrs. Jennings is very inappropriately gossiping about his <laughs> child. <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of shocked by that because she was just like, well, if you ask me, it's probably about his child that he had before you. Yeah. So nobody's perfect or <laughs> in a Jane right. Austen book. You actually kind of go through a thing with Mrs. Jennings where you start off like the girls, like she's kind of the worst, but no, she's not. <laughs> she's the best. And Eleanor is forced to walk home. Everybody goes Weird. back home in their carriages and she's walking back home. But at home, she's telling her mom that she's a little bit pissed off that they went off alone. They went to his house. I guess uh, this is when Marianne comes back. She says they went to his house, mm-hmm. but his aunt talked to him and never even saw Marianne and then he brought her home and he's changed and huh. I said Marianne runs off crying drink <laughs> so <laughs> yeah that could be part of the drinking game <laughs> <laughs> Eleanor this is one of my favorite moments of Eleanor she's like no we don't need to ask Marianne we should get Willoughby to explain to us what is going on right now yes. he needs to explain himself <laughs> That's my favorite, like, Eleanor. When she's like, I'm not putting up with any of your bull, <laughs> Willoughby. Right, when she sees straight through it. Yeah. So Willoughby says that he has to leave at once for London due to his aunt's insistence. And he will be gone at least a year. Good Lord. He clearly feels bad and asks to be forgiven before running out himself. And then there's a weird screaming sound, which... I could not identify because normally weird screaming sounds in the British countryside is like my bread and butter for any sort of thing. I'm always like, oh, I hear a peacock. Oh, I hear a fox. <laughs> yeah, I could. But I couldn't tell what it was. I thought, is it a fox or is it just? I said, what is this new weird animal sound in something British? Someone <laughs> must identify it for me. <laughs> <laughs> Because you hear the the screaming foxes all the time, especially at night on the moors. And you'll hear a right. peacock, especially at like an older adaptation at a rich person's house. But I couldn't tell what that one was. It was a real creature, though, because it had to have been like something that was there at the time. <laughs> right. <laughs> do we want to do favorite scenes for this adaptation? Oh, yeah, yeah. It? Yeah, well, let's do favorite scenes for the first two. Of them. Okay. Um, I think I just, didn't I say what mine was? <laughs> I've already forgotten. <laughs> I always do that. Um, I mean, you said your favorite Eleanor line, but that could also be your favorite scene. Oh, well, when she car- when Marianne gets carried back, I really like that scene oh, because I just yeah. think she really plays it well. And, you know, Willoughby is very charming in that scene. And, like, you can just see all of the, like, all of the stuff going on on Marianne's face, mm-hmm. which is a complicated set of emotions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's a really good uh, face actress, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. I would say mine, even though it wasn't... It was like, a little bit hard to see some of the characters' faces. I did like the evening scene where uh, Marianne's playing the piano with Colonel Brandon, and 
everyone's well not everyone some people are watching some people are talking but <laughs> i just kind of like the whole setup and the music sounds great and i think it's kind of funny that like random people are telling Mrs. Jennings to please shut up and she is like I'm gonna keep talking I never will (laughs) this makes me laugh yeah (laughs) okay so for this one I was thinking then maybe we could do Mrs. either John Dashwood or Mrs. Dashwood. Hmm. I would say, well, I feel like, let's do John Dashwood. Okay. Done. We're going to have to do this one from our guts. That's what I feel okay. we're sorting. I didn't look up all the stuff, but we've done every single sign by now. We should be able to do it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. So, major characteristics of John Dashwood, he is not willing to stand up to his wife. (laughs) Right, spineless. (laughs) He doesn't have a lot of conviction, like he he doesn't have a lot of conviction. Yeah, he's just not a very good person, like he easily swayed. So this is definitely negative traits of whatever sign we're picking. Um, Would you say he is fire, earth, air, or water? I would say maybe earth just because I feel like he's a little more interested in material stuff and he's not very, he's definitely not um, led by emotions. He doesn't seem intellectual or passionate. Yeah. Um, Not to say that earth is bad, but I just (laughs) feel like he's, (laughs) he's definitely seems more of an earth. So we've got Taurus, Capricorn, and Virgo. I'm going to say he's not a Virgo because, again, Virgos are more studious. <laughs> he's probably, I would say, I a Taurus. <laughs> I was just about to say, I get Taurus vibes from him. Yeah, because Tauruses are fixed, you know. Mm-hmm. All, and, you know, he's not fixed in his convictions, but he is kind of like ready to enjoy all of life's luxuries <laughs> without like, yes. worrying too much. He's more interested in what's nice and i think capricorn is more of a hard worker yeah i know i know a capricorn and she is a hard worker so (laughs) i (laughs) i would say taurus is good because he just kind of seems to be very i guess you could like you said fixed but maybe fixed in more of his selfishness yeah and maybe he has like a pisces moon or something because he's definitely got some wishy-washiness to him oh yeah but i would say sun sign maybe taurus yeah Taurus sounds good to me. Yeah. I thought I liked the way we did that one. (laughs) (laughs) We do. We need more confidence in our astrological abilities. (laughs) (laughs) And should we do D&D? Yes. I was trying to think because this is kind of why I picked him. Because I feel like he's a little bit more complicated than Fanny. I feel like Fanny is just... (laughs) Maybe it's my person. (laughs) I was like, she's evil, evil. Um... But he, to me, I would say neutral, neutral. Mm, maybe. Or. Maybe he's like neutral. a lawful neutral. Or, it, yeah, he could be like a neutral, neutral. Well, he kind of is because he just lets everybody else tell him what to do. And he never really makes any decisions right. for himself. Like, it, he'll always defer to his wife, at, you know, as the final say. But, like, 
when right. he was talking to his dad, he was willing to say whatever his dad wanted him to say when he's talking to right. Eleanor. He's willing to say whatever she wants him to say, basically. So I like that. Right. Neutral neutral sounds like a good one. I think Fanny yeah, would definitely neutral. be more of the like lawful evil, don't you think? I would say I was leaning for her maybe like neutral evil because I could definitely see her doing whatever it takes to stay rich. That's true. That's true. Because, like, whenever I think of them two and, like, why I don't feel lawful is, like, their kind of association is, I feel like, in a way, it's, like, an unspoken thing to kind of take care of your family back then. And they (laughs) seem, like, not about that. Yeah. I was just thinking, when we did Persuasion, we did a lot of the, like... more negative characters on the lawful spectrum just because they were more concerned with society's rules but i think you're maybe right that the dashwoods are not as concerned about society's rules as much as we want out we want best for our people and we don't really care how we get there (laughs) right yeah so yeah i think neutral um neutral neutral is that what we said yeah, neutral, neutral for John and neutral yes, evil yes. for Fanny. Because <laughs> <laughs> she's the worst. Even though we're I not officially sorting her right now. but And then if do we you want to maybe do like a Hogwarts house? Or is there another yeah, sure. one we want to try? Like just add a little extra. Yeah, there's going to be some other I mean, it seems like they would be Slytherins. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm like, they seem too kind of like mean to be Hufflepuffs and Gryffindor. Harry Potter's too easy at this point. <laughs> <laughs> they're not smart enough to be Ravenclaws. So, yeah. Definitely uh, Slytherins. Okay. All right. Well, let's just do final thoughts. I, um, I will say I enjoyed it. The more I watched this yeah. adaptation, I think maybe my I'm getting used to like the way it is and like the style of it. I'm kind of accepting it for what it is. So it does kind of make me excited to watch the next couple episodes because I did watch episode three and I did like that one more. Yeah. There's a lot more funny stuff in it, although I do have some thoughts about specific characters. But <laughs> it does make me more excited to read the book to kind of see them more authentically yeah. closer to the text. Yeah, maybe next year we'll do two books. <laughs> <laughs> two books—that's crazy. Yeah. Was there anything else? Or be- I definitely think it gets better as it goes along. Like, yeah, definitely a hundred percent. Yeah, I think I um, I don't know. I think my brain is just hardwired for like anything that is like remotely sitcommy. I like want it to be a comedy, and I need it to have a laugh track, <laughs> and then I feel comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think it's just took me some getting used to. Yeah. And I also like the more Marianne that I get and the more Miss Jennings, I think that kind of livens up the entire cast because, you know, not to be like mean or anything, but I just feel like the rest of the cast just kind of is a little bit flat and they're kind of getting more emotion and more, I don't know, life to the script. Yeah. I think, yeah, this adaptation definitely is of its time it's Mm kind of slow it's kind of stiff but it definitely has i feel like the people are good representations of the characters yeah yeah i think eleanor definitely does not come across as her best but there are a couple moments where she like 
drops like a little snap on somebody <laughs> and I'm like, okay, Eleanor, I see you. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Those are my favorite Eleanor moments. Yeah. And we definitely get more of that as we go along. Some of the other characters, like Mrs. Jennings, I feel like she's hard to get into because she just doesn't have enough time. But I do appreciate, like, I feel like this adaptation was trying to be as book accurate as it could be. You know, it did take out the little sister, but I think that just gave it more room to, like, do the other stuff. I agree. And honestly, it works fine. (laughs) I feel like a lot of adaptations (laughs) take out the little sister. I say that. But, I mean, there's only two other adaptations and one of them does and one of them doesn't. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows? Um, I can see why if you were adapting it, you'd be like, "Eh, just take out Margaret because it's... Yeah, it's like extra sensibility, not sense of sensibility and a tag-along little sister, you know? (laughs) (laughs) And Margaret. It's very much like a Hamilton um, Peggy. Yes. (laughs) She's the Margaret. Yeah. But I do love that. I do love Margaret. Mm-hmm. It definitely doesn't have as much Mrs. Dashwood. But, you know, I think it's interesting to see where the priorities lie in an adaptation. And I do think that yeah. this one w- is good for for seeing the flaws in the sense side of the argument. <laughs> right. Yeah. But we, we haven't I will really say... gotten to that much. <laughs> Yeah, I will say it's a good, I would say it's a good foil for the Emma Thompson one in the sense that it seems to be taking the opposite side of the sense of sensibility argument. And I think it's an important viewpoint to kind of take in. I would say the first episode, I think you're just kind of getting used to everything. So it does feel a little longer, but I think the more you get into it and the more like uh, nature shots you get, because it is, I think it's really good with those because it makes everything look beautiful. Yeah. So the more of those you get, the more like funny lines from Eleanor and Marianne and Miss Jennings, I think it's, it kind of picks itself up. Yeah. And the first episode especially is like, you know, my least favorite part of the book because it's really like, it starts off so (laughs) everything is horrible for everyone, but you know, Jane Austen knows how to do it in a way that's (laughs) funny, but right <laughs> just watching the actual events play out it's like i, I remember Kristen one time I, I don't know if she was reading it or if we were just talking about it or whatever but she was like sense and sensibility the book about everybody being horrible to the dashwoods all the time yeah. <laughs> it does feel like they're kind of getting uh shitted on the entire time <laughs> yeah i mean it comes out from every direction but <laughs> luckily they make it through just fine. Yeah. But I can't wait to talk about the rest of it with you. I guess next week we'll try to do episodes three, four, and five. Yeah, I think that's doable. Yeah. Recommendation time. Yes. Do you have one? I do. Because I finally... So Aren't watching we? RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! <laughs> uh, well, I mean, okay. Actually, last year when we did Clueless, uh, Lindsay was our guest and she recommended mm-hmm. Trixie and Katya's book. And I had seen them maybe a couple times on YouTube when you guys were around mm-hmm. like watching YouTube videos. And I always was like, I do not understand what that eyeshadow is. <laughs> I just can't wrap my brain around it. <laughs> But as I as I just started watching them on YouTube over the last year, and I'm like a big fan of 
both of them now. So I was like, now I have to go back and watch because I got Paramount Plus. I was like, I have to go back and watch RuPaul's Drag Race, at least the episodes or, you know, the seasons they were on. So I really binged quite a bit (laughs) with the best (laughs) we could have. (laughs) (laughs) I was kind of jealous because I feel like that's like the correct way because it's just so entertaining to watch. You have to binge it sometimes. Yeah. And I'm not usually a reality TV type person. And there's still like some moments that I'm like, yeah, I don't need all that. But Right. I am, I mostly am like, I can't look away. I must see something important <laughs> is going to happen. <laughs> so I've watched season seven. I've watched a couple of uh, uh-huh. seasons of All Stars, the two and three. Yes. And now I'm going back and watching six. I'm going to watch them all out of order. Uh, but <laughs> My favorite season. <laughs> yes, that's why, because I'm watching it for you. And um, Yeah, <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> So, yeah, I'm going to say if you have Paramount Plus or Hulu, there's several seasons and there's really no right order. If you have someone mm-hmm. that you are familiar <laughs> with, you can go watch their season. But oh, yeah, a really fun show. And I'm just like in awe of just like how quick on their feet they uh-huh. all are. Like, I mean, being a yeah. drag queen, it's like a lot of one-liners <laughs> I never realized before. <laughs> I'm very impressed. Yeah, it's, to me, it's like, I'm, it's very intimidating because I'm like, I don't know if I could even remotely be as funny as any of these people. So why don't I just watch words, it? Be not entertained. funny words. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I will say the show, actually, I don't think I've ever recommended that show on here. So you might have beat me to it. Really? I think you've recommended specific seasons. Maybe. Maybe like a current season that was on. Yeah. Um, which I will say the current season is really good and it is the final episode this week. <laughs> What's a, what season win. is this? It says All Stars 6. Oh my gosh. Yes. There's, I, I, there's so I did much. watch the behind the scenes of it because I was like, hmm, I know these two these two from previous seasons. <laughs> right. What is it called? The um, After I'm the... T- no... It's like a commentary show that they do on YouTube, where they show it on YouTube. Uh, oh, well, oh, Trixie and Katya? It was Trixie and... Oh, Pit Stop. Pit Stop, yes. I was watching the Pit yeah. Stop. I was like, I know I don't watch this <laughs> particular season yet, but... <laughs> the Pit Stop now is I... funny. It's really good. Now I know both these queens. I have to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good one. Do you agree with the winners of the seasons you've seen so far? Um, so for seven, it was Violet Chachki. I personally, that season, I was like a big ginger minge. I was really uh-huh. into her because I thought she was really talented, but I did like Violet mm-hmm. as well. And I've seen her since then as like, you know, on the runway and stuff like that. And I'm like, well, mm-hmm. yeah, dear, you're a great ambassador. And I've seen ginger minge on other. Is she on two different All-Star seasons? (laughs) Yes. She's on All-Stars 2, and then she's on the current All-Star season. Well, she's got plenty of airtime, so... uh, Yes. (laughs) I think she's doing pretty well. (laughs) Yeah, she was the favorite to win that season, so, but... And then season um, two, I was like... I mean, I was for Katya the whole time, so... But I did did like Alaska. And Mm -hmm. season three... I mean, of course. I mean, I knew Trixie won before I even started the season. Right, so right. it was just an interesting road to how we got there. Yes, <laughs> and very I, controversial. I couldn't say who should win, but I was happy that Trixie won because yeah. I liked her. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. It was a very controversial season, and 
if you're just going off by what the season gave us, I think it was correct as well. <laughs> but I was sad that I didn't get to see Shangela compete at the end because I know I, really I love Shangela. <laughs> yes, I love Shangela. <laughs> but what's your recommendation for this week? <laughs> well, mine was also a TV show. It is a new Netflix show that I just started watching, and I really like it a lot. It's called The Chair, and Heard of it this. is. Yeah, it's uh, with Sandra O oh and Jay Duplass. You tell me about it. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and Holland Taylor. <laughs> Did I? <laughs> maybe, maybe, yeah. Maybe last time I saw you. It's about this woman played by Sandra O, oh, who is now the chair of her college's English department. And I think it's kind of like a made-up college, but it's very, like, if Notre Dame was smaller, that's the vibe I kind of get from it. It's like a very prestigious college, it feels like. And so she's like the new chair of her English department, but enrollment is not what it used to be. So it kind of feels like she's been handed like a ticking time bomb. And so it kind of goes through her relationships with each of the staff members and how like new versus old staff interact and how the changing social landscape is affecting the college and even the teachers and everything. So and it's just got like the perfect mix of serious and funny. Uh-huh. And... Anything Sandra O's in, yeah, I was like, anything she's in, I will watch because she is so good on everything, and she's really good in this as well. Yeah, I should watch it. It's really good, and the episodes, I think they're half hour, maybe, maybe a little longer, but I think there's only six episodes, and it's, I think I only have two left, and I'm so excited to finish it, because it takes a a wild turn. Ooh. (laughs) Yeah, so it's, I would highly recommend it. It's really good. Well, I'll put it on my Netflix queue. (laughs) Yes. Okay, well, we've still got two more episodes of Sense and Sensibility to do. And if you guys Mm -hmm. are familiar with this adaptation, you know, prior to this, we'd love to hear your opinions because I know some people probably love it and some people probably like, bleh. But (laughs) if you're watching it for the first time, please let us know. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, What do you think we should add to the drinking game? (laughs) It can't all be Marianne things. (laughs) She's the best part. (laughs) But she just does the most memorable things like run off crying and... Harshly whisper. (laughs) Well, that would be every single time she speaks. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But Um, yes. Yeah, but we'd love to hear your input on that. Also, our two-year anniversary episode is coming up. So if you've got any questions for us, any observations, anything you want to say about like your favorite thing we've covered so far, what you hope we cover in the future... Or, uh, you know, any random thought experiments you want us to try out? (laughs) (laughs) Any mashup ideas? We'd love to hear from you. Yes. You can email us at mannersandmadness at gmail.com. You could DM us on Twitter at mannersmadness or on Instagram at mannersandmadnesspod. Or you can leave a one-minute voicemail on our website at mannersandmadness.com. Yes. And we also have a donate button there if you would like to, you know, donate to us. (laughs) (laughs) yes support is always appreciated we would appreciate it yes so two more episodes and (laughs) was there something else i was supposed to say (laughs) Uh, i think that was it yeah i think that's it yeah so watch three four and five for next week and have a good week yeah we'll see you then bye (laughs) good night (laughs) 